when coaches can support a young person in their sport, but also as an individual, not just as an athlete, they can play such a powerful role in helping a young person to succeed and thrive in life. Welcome to Raise the Bar, a podcast by Gymnastics New South Wales. Each month, we chat with gymnastics coaches, athletes, and experts to reveal tips and tricks to help you raise the bar on your coaching journey. Today's topic, how to support a gymnast through puberty. Gemma, who are we hearing from? Hi, Kate. This month, we've got Butterfly Foundation National Manager of Prevention Services, Danny Rowland. This is a jam-packed episode that you do not want to miss. Let's hand it over to Danny. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, I am Butterfly Foundation's National Manager for Prevention Services. So um, I have been at Butterfly for a long time, uh, 15 years now, uh, and largely working in the youth space. So looking at uh, education programs and awareness content, but largely just community community education that supports young people, professional parents, uh, and also, you know, in schools, uh, but also in sporting settings and other youth environments. So I'm really passionate about the body image of young people and and ensuring that all young people can thrive in their bodies so that they can reach their potential um, as an individual in their life. That's wonderful. So can you tell us a little bit about your experience? Um, You played netball at the highest level for a while there. So uh, you've had your lived experience with an eating disorder as well. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, sure. So I I was a state level netballer in Victoria. um, And uh, part of my experience was unfortunately not a great one um, through fitness testing and and different different measures, I, I guess, was introduced to this um, this notion that my weight was very tightly connected to my worth and my success as, as a netballer. So body composition testing done um, in my at the age of 16, which had um, introduced and said that I was uh, was too high at the time. So I was I was supported with some nutritional support throughout those years. I ended up making this was while I was in the um, state development squad. I ended up making the team, uh, but but again, as I said, I was introduced to this notion of my weight and my worth was very tightly connected how I win um, and making the team meant that I had, you know, restricted uh, heavily my intake of food over that time as well as increased my training. Uh, and unfortunately, I, I did end up playing the national championships with a, um, a really serious stress fracture in my leg that was picked up after that experience. There wasn't when the eating disorder started. I guess that was just that introduction. Um, And for myself over a period of time that um, it just continued to develop um, slowly. And I guess being involved in sport, we, we again, um, you know, we're training and we're, and fuel and nutrition is all a part of it as is succeeding and winning. Um, And I guess as a young person, I didn't have that external influence through coaches or or support staff in in my sport at that time um, to 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 help my mind remain healthy um, throughout that period. So I did end up, unfortunately, with lots of other reasons. That wasn't the only the only contributor, um, but due to a, due to a range of other reasons, I did develop an eating disorder, which unfortunately took me away from a sport that I was good at and that I loved. Um, but I am a good news story. I did recover. I have recovered fully. I did return to um, the sport and and did really well um, post my experience. And I guess now 
that's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about in particular prevention and early intervention to make sure that um, experiences like mine and so many other people's don't happen uh, so that, that people can really achieve and, and thrive and, and that we don't have this really tightly connected, internalised value around our weight and our worth and, and how successful we are in our life or, or being um, connected. Thank you for sharing that. That's a very powerful message for sure. Uh, today we want to explore how coaches can support gymnasts through puberty and how to create a body-kind culture in the gym. Can you tell me how influential is the role of a coach on an athlete's perception of their body? I think of all the influences when it comes to sport, um, yes, there's other athletes and there's obviously our parent, the parental influence, but what a coach thinks of us and our, and, the, and the, the messages that we have that comes from coaches in our lives is a really critical and an incredibly significant one. In junior and in, in recreational level sport, they again can be an incredible role model. They can be somebody who is just another person in that young, you know, that child or, or young person support network. I guess as a person progresses through through a sport and the pathway and the, as they develop um, through the various levels and um, as they're achieving in, in their sport, the coach really does become that that critical piece. Um, and sometimes all other influences can be blocked out around around a person at that time. So I think we have to see um, that role as and, and take that role really seriously as being a really significant role model. Um, and that unfortunately, in some cases, coaches can do harm. But when coaches can can support a young person um, in their sport, but also as an individual, not just as an athlete or a gymnast, um, they can play such a, a powerful, powerful role in helping a young person to, to succeed and thrive in life. What are some of the ways a coach can support a gymnast, especially through puberty, when their body's going through so much? Yeah, I think we have to be really careful when we're, we're thinking about puberty and I guess as an external person, not their parent or not somebody in, in that home environment and make sure that we're really clear of our boundaries around this, um, particularly as a coach. I think it's really important that all coaches, regardless of their level of experience as a coach, but also their age, that they understand puberty and they understand the development um, that is needed and required and necessary um, for, for a person to go through that knowledge base is really key. When we think about it in, in sport, I think it's really important that coaches are aware that it's a very sensitive time. It can be an uncomfortable time. For some people, they will go, glide through it and it's not a, not an issue at all. But also being mindful that with training and uh, volume, that sometimes puberty may be delayed or there may be things that occur in a young person's development because of training load or, or what's going on at that time so it is being very aware of puberty in itself but also puberty um, and I guess how it can be influenced by training um, and eating during that time as well so coaches being informed and knowing the science behind puberty um, but also making sure that as a coach you know, changes are going to happen in an athlete. So they, they may be changes in how they eat, their, their hunger, they may be more fatigued, there's the limb development. So there might be more um, lack of coordination or all of a sudden a skill that was able to be done really well. All of a sudden that, that gymnast starts struggling with that. So instead of looking at it in a very black and white way is taking a step back and making sure that there's modifications that are made that allow that gymnast to move 
through that time. The other thing as well is being really careful with the language that's used, um, avoiding any commentary or any discussion about body changes or um, their weight or their appearance. Um, it's really not okay to be commenting on on any changes that are happening. Um, but also, so that language is, is a really critical piece, um, as well as, of course, if, if there are concerns that they're flagged and raised in a really appropriate way with, with that gymnast's family or, or other support um, person. I suppose it might be distressing for a gymnast, though, to be undergoing a change and not really understand how that's affecting their training. So maybe they have compartmentalised it or thought of it as two separate spheres of their life and they've come into training and, as you mentioned, struggled with a skill they hadn't before. I mean, avoiding the topic altogether in that instance may not be so helpful. Should it, How does a coach then say, well, actually there are some things going on here that are influencing this and it's not your fault, it's okay? How do you talk about something that you're not supposed to really well, talk I think, about either? Well, I think, yeah, I think that's a good question. I think what I'm saying when not talking about it is talking about the physical changes that maybe you, that the coach might be noticing. Obviously okay. there might be changes in in weight or size or, or you know, obviously development in, in other areas too. So, so that is the stuff that coaches don't need to be commenting on. But what you've just shared is a really good point. So helping a gymnast to understand or if they're complaining perhaps or you can just notice as a coach that they might be more fatigued is to explore that um, and to share with them as well, you know, oh, how's things going or, you know, and if you are noticing as a coach that puberty is is happening, is again to educate and, and help that um, that young person, but also to make sure that parents are aware of this also, so that we're having a holistic conversation. That there's the gymnast, there's the parents, and there's the coach all involved in this, so that the gymnast doesn't feel like they're spoken about, so to speak. Um, mm. I think as well, one thing that I didn't mention that is really helpful, and I know. This might be a bit controversial, but I do know some gymnastics clubs that are making changes with this. There's some flexibility around what is worn at training um, and ensuring even that um, leotards and things like that are actually um, allowing for physical changes to be not so noticeable. So that might be just patterned leotards or things that actually allow the gymnast to feel a little bit um not hidden, but um, less exposed um, while they're going through that vulnerable time. But it is about having some flexibility. It's a critical part of gymnastics, um, but it is also it needs to be applied in relation to obviously their, their training and the approach to training and also, I guess, what, what gymnasts are wearing during that time um, as well. For gymnasts who are on a competitive pathway, uh, gymnastics does require a greater discipline and strength from them. How does a coach support gymnasts to make healthy choices without body shaming or causing harm? Look, this is a, a big um, a big question and it's something that's um, it's going to be ongoing. Sport is a really complex environment because the very nature of you mentioned of competitive sports lends itself to um, behaviors that also could be perceived in the external world as, disordered or problematic so there is a rigidity and 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 a high volume of training that is required there is a requirement for nutrition um and fuel um which is obviously paramount to to training and and competing 
But I guess it's, again, that language around this and ensuring that we're not shaming foods, we're not shaming things, that we're still allowing food to be enjoyed um, as best we can, um, making sure that we stay within our scope. Um, if you are a coach and your background is not in nutrition, it's not in in sports science, that we, we stick to what we know and don't provide information or advice to a gymnast based on what we think or that just because somebody has passed that information down to us that we make sure that what we're sharing is is within our scope but also if we're not sure or we are worried about um, somebody during that time, particularly a competitive athlete, that we're bringing in the right expertise to provide that information um, and support. And it's a really important one um, with nutrition um, and it's obviously a really important one in relation um, to training and, and obviously overtraining symptoms and things like that um, as well. As you mentioned, um, puberty especially can be a time for body dissatisfaction to uh, begin or or grow in a, in a person. What sort of things are athletes contending with outside the gym and how does that then shape their experiences in training? We have a really... Um image obsessed world where how a person looks is is so highly valued um we have things such as social media we have peer influence we have media we have just the pressures of life but of course um these things are absolutely something that a gymnast will be exposed to outside of the gym um the other thing there the body ideals that exist within gymnastics um are also something that gymnasts need to contend with so if a gymnast doesn't fit that you know stereotypical ideal or is is having to do lots of things to try to make their body work in a way that they think is is best for the sport that that's problematic too so then you take a gymnast or an athlete or anybody outside of their sport and put them into the real world and their body doesn't necessarily fit with the ideals that exist in the world so these are there's constant tugs and pulls everywhere um, for these individuals and I guess this is why when we think about what can we do you know, to support, we need to celebrate diversity. We need to really embrace differences in bodies and see the strengths in every different body type um, that that exists and try to make the experience of, of living in a body, whatever size or shape that is, a, a, a safer one and a more, a more positive one. That sounds like a very idealistic um, solution and a very simple fix, but that it is a really complex issue and it's a really challenging issue and it affects everybody in every environment in their in their life um and so on that individual level what can we do with our language what can we do with our own role modeling that can really make a difference um you know to the people that we see and so for gymnasts if they come into the gym and they're getting a really fantastic role model around body image and um and you know diversity and celebrating what their body can do and the function over the form that's a really strong message that they can then take out um into the world and hopefully gymnasts can be a really positive role model for other people which um you know it's that pay it forward idea what's a great example in real life that you may have seen or experienced yourself of a coach supporting an athlete through puberty or body changes the things that I know have, have helped and when you hear different people, it's that there's been kindness, but there's been that flexibility. So there's been the option to to wear a, a T-shirt if need be or there's been um, an option to, you know, I know lots of uniform changes are happening across a lot of sports and that's a really powerful um, 
a powerful way to allow a body to grow and change without being on display, if um, if that makes sense. Um, the check-ins and just that, that kindness of just realising that they are a person first and that puberty is, is a tricky time and a challenging time and that we, we just do do need to help them move through that that experience that we just it's just not black and white so I think just that being flexible um, and accommodating but also really compassionate and kind are some things that I know have have helped people um, stay in a sport that they've enjoyed while still achieving and doing lots of great things. Thank you that's great finally I'd just love to know what are some ways that you're body kind to yourself and how can athletes be body kind to themselves yeah. and coaches? <laughs> sure. Um, so for myself um, and having had a lived experience, um, I think with an eating disorder is I have had to unlearn a lot of things that were really toxic um, in the way that I would speak to and treat treat my body. So my biggest thing is um, the language that I use to my own body is that I am kind and compassionate and I am trying to um, ensure that I'm not critical and not giving giving my body a hard time. Bodies are meant to change and grow, um, but I also know that, that I'm not going to help my body to feel better if I'm actually criticising it or giving it a hard, hard time. The other thing as well is that um, for me exercise became a really horrible part of my eating disorder where it was the the tool that was used against my body so for me um, healing that relationship was really important and so now it's about actually having a really positive relationship with movement and exercise and I move for my mental health and I do activities that I enjoy and the other thing that I think is a really important one is, is making sure that I am trying to compare myself less to to others and really seeing myself as a unique being an individual and not something that needs is an object that needs to to conform to others I think this big global idea that oh we're just all going to love our body and it's that simple um is really unrealistic so it is about thinking about just one or two things that you can do daily um one thing is is just reflecting what's something that I can do that's being kind to my body it might be you might use a word constantly to describe your body or um, you may be more punitive and punishing to yourself with, with exercise or, or with food or comparing yourself a lot to other people, which are all things that are really um, unhelpful and, and damaging. But I think it's about checking in, thinking about the things that maybe aren't working for you and, and trying to flip some of those on its head and, and, and taking a more, more positive approach. It can be really hard to be kind to your body and we can get really angry at our body if it's letting us down. It might be injured or it might be unwell or it might just not be able to get us to where we need to in our sport. So taking, taking frustrations out on your body because it's not done something or it can't do something um, is also unkind. So again, that language piece um, is really critical. And if you are struggling or if a coach is, even a coach worrying about themselves or not being able to move to a more positive place is that everybody deserves support and everybody deserves uh, to feel okay and comfortable and and good in the body that they're in. So seeking that support is one of the most kindest things you can do. It's an uphill battle, but that's a message we need to send out loud and clear, I think. Absolutely. Thank you, Danny. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me.
Wow, I could have spoken to Danny for hours. One of the best tips I got from her was that coaches aren't expected to know everything and you can call on the experts for advice and guidance in this area. What do you think, Kate? Yeah, totally agree. And another aspect that really stood out to me was the importance of being aware of uniform within the club. You know, I was thinking back to my times as a gymnast, as a 13-year-old, and what a game changer it was when my club allowed me to wear a singlet top instead of a crop top for our end of year display that I know for myself and all of the other athletes that were the same age as me, oh God, what a difference that it made. It really is the small and simple things that can go such a long way when it comes to body positivity. If you enjoyed today's episode as much as we did, please send us a like on Apple or Spotify, leave us a comment or let us know other topics that you'd be interested in. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Gym New South Wales. Otherwise, we will see you next time on the Gymnastics New South Wales podcast, Raise the Bar.